Hello, and welcome to Arts Interrupted. Today, we're going to start things off with a little game called This or That. Each of us pod members are going to offer up two comparable songs, artists, movies, or cultural artifacts, and we'll discuss which one we would do away with and which one we would choose to keep in our lives forever. So, let's get started. Alrighty, Sam here, and I got a question. <laughs> so, if you had to choose, would you choose the Fleet Foxes or Father John Misty? Fleet Foxes, for sure. Could you explain why? Uh, yeah, because they sound like a mountain range. <laughs> I'm going to have to go with FJM just because I, ha- I don't have any familiarity with Fleet Foxes except for their cover of White Winter Hymnal. <laughs> is that a is cover? Good. Yeah. What? I think. Or no, no, I definitely looked into this and it it's wasn't. OG. It wasn't. It is original. No it's okay. OG wait, let's d- wait, let's try it. I was following the app. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, you suck. Anyways, that was, uh, yeah. Which one did you choose, Sam? Um, I didn't even think about this myself. I would probably go with Father John Misty. I'm sorry. And I love the Fleet Foxes. I saw them okay. twice. Father John Misty is just a weirdo. He's so psycho. He's bizarre, but... Have you seen his... He's um, beautiful. His over-under video with his weird wife. It's weird. Wait, (laughs) what's up with his weird wife? (laughs) They're just so pretentious and annoying, but it's, like, funny. Technically, in choosing the Fleet Foxes, I'm also choosing Father John Misty because he played as the drummer for their band. That's why... That's why... This oh. question was brought up. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, moving on. Round two. So, ladies, Bon Iver, new stuff or old stuff? Old. For Emma, Forever Go is, like, one of my favorite albums in, like, the entire world. Dude, don't be weird. <laughs> <laughs> I just, like, I don't listen to Bon Iver. Like, I can't oh. make an informed decision, but, like, Skinny Love is old, right? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm gonna. I'm gonna have to pass on this one. Mina. Um. Fuck. I'll just go with the old stuff. Except the new stuff is so experimental and important in that way. What is Twenty-two a million cash. But the new one, Emmy. What? I. 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 Yeah. Oh, but that song is my favorite one. Emmy is cute. I am. A... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. New stuff. New stuff. New stuff. New stuff. Okay. New stuff. All right. And Emily just doesn't know anything. So. I just, I don't want to be an uninformed voter. <laughs> okay, you're right. All right. Thank you. Moving on. The Upper Peninsula of Michigan or Detroit? Slash Ann Arbor. Huh. It's a lot to consider. Thank you. I feel like it just boils down to, like, nature or, like, culture. <laughs> Whoa, there is culture Na- in nature. zero culture in nature. Is there? I'm going to go with... Can you bring some books? I'm going to go with Detroit and Ann Arbor. You pee, baby. Sorry, we've, we've never been to Nelp. Like, I'm, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not evolved, okay? I don't know how to, like, I don't know how to make a book out of, like, leaves and, like, wood chips and stuff. I will teach you. For our next episode, we're going to teach everyone how to make books out of leaves. And you just have to listen to it. You can't see it. <laughs> it's going to be really detailed, though. Okay, I have a final question. Um, okay, it's a little gastronomical. Um, it is Cholula or Frank's? Frank's. I'm really passionate about this. Frank's. Uh, Cholula. I like the wooden cap. It's Wait, cute. it's literally not. It's about <laughs> taste. 
Hey, I didn't specify. I didn't specify. It could be about presentation. It's definitely about taste. But the wooden cap. I think I went in thinking Cholula, but now I'm thinking Franks. It's more applicable. Franks on. You put that shit on everything. That's their slogan. So that was just a little game. We're going to start introducing those at the beginning of our episodes. We're going to try to cycle through a few different ones every week just to get things warmed up and to get to know a little bit about our personalities too. But now is the time to get to the episode. Today, we are listening to some chill, lo-fi hip-hop beats to relax slash study to. I think most people have had this thought. Picking the soundtracks to movies would be the best job in the world. Followed by this thought. And I would be so good at that. The music we hear during our particularly striking moment in a film can exaggerate the movie's intended emotion or message. We want to put someone in their feelings to essentially play God. With the advent of Spotify, we now all have this power. But instead of soundtracking Timothy Chalamet crying to visions of Gideon, we're soundtracking our lives. On a plane, on the way to class, we're always trying to curate a mood which we can align ourselves with. For this episode, we're diving into the nature of Spotify playlists. To be clear, not Apple Music because we're not classist. (laughs) Their importance, their purpose, and even some potential precautions. Do playlists detach us from music? Are we sacrificing the integrity of high-caliber artists by pairing them in playlists with low-caliber artists? Like put in Post Malone with The Tribe Called Quest, it's just, it doesn't go. We shuffle these songs every day. Why? CDs, mixtapes, cassettes, records are out, and digital playlists are in. This is season four of Arts Interrupted, the Michigan Daily's premier arts and culture podcast. The power of the playlist. Drink you spilled all over me. of reasons that I make playlists. Um, I think number one is I do it when I'm bored and don't want to do anything else, but I think they're an easy way to document time and emotions. For example, I have a playlist called The End of Suburbia 18 about my last summer at home. Assuming I never spend an elongated time in Troy, Michigan ever again, fingers crossed, It's a fun way to invite this nostalgia in and to see how my taste has changed, Um, how some songs that used to mean so much to me don't really matter to me at all. Emily, why do you make playlists? 
Yeah, for me, I tend to get like overwhelmed by the expanse of music that exists in the world, and playlists allow me to like categorize things, you know, based on a bunch of different criteria. But yeah, just to like be able to have those filed away just makes things easier for me and kind of provides guidance for me, um, you know, whether it be based on mood or, you know, whatever. And like kind of similar to Sam's, I also like to make playlists to correspond to certain things I'm going through in life, like life changes, certain milestones, just to have that little like time capsule that I can revisit and be like, oh, this is what I was listening to when I graduated high school or when I had that weird crush on that person or just whatever. It's really interesting to see what I found relatable at that time. Yeah, good way of putting it. How do you guys curate your own playlists? So <clears throat> we decided that there's like four sort of distinct categories. Mood, occasion, theme, and then just things that extend beyond genre because sometimes within these playlists they're very similar songs. And, you know, the four is kind of the other. But for mood, obviously I have like a happy playlist or a sad playlist that one that I play when I you know I'm walking to class and I want to like pump myself the fuck up and then one that's kind of sad and I want to just like wallow really bad I just just really want to wallow right now and then occasion would be like if I'm having friends over or if I'm going to see a show and I make like a playlist of all the songs and then theme Theme is where we get a little experimental, Emily, right? Yeah, I mean, I think that definitely some standard ones are, like, seasons. I think everyone has their own seasonal playlist, but also could be, like, themes. Like, all of these songs have a common trait. Like, all of these songs have a person's name in them or have... Which I have. Which I have as well. Um, or, like, the songs categorized by... Loca- like, they have names of locations. Which I have. I have as well. Okay, we're... <laughs> stop copying fine. me. Stop, stop copying you, me. You did it first. I did it um, first. Remains to be seen. <laughs> um, like, yeah, I have a whole, like, folder in Spotify of just, like, thematic playlists. Mm-hmm. Um, I do, like, monthly playlists, too, just of, it could be new music, like, Same. literally new music or yeah. music that's new to me that uh-huh. I want to hold on to. Um, or, yeah, I will also just, like, I think the number four one, like, the um, those sort of things that extend beyond genre, I think I just, like, categorize things based on, like, how they sound, like, sonically. Like, Mm -hmm. they have a similar, like, quote-unquote vibe. Vibe check. It's, I think that all the other ones, like, at least for, like, mood and theme, maybe they're, like, more focused on lyrical content. I think mood can also be, like, how, like, you know, tempo and Mm -hmm. instruments used and stuff, but I think that some, I don't really pay attention to the lyrics. I'm just, like, these all have a similar sound or, like, just similar genre or whatever yeah definitely but I'm interested in what is on everyone's fall playlists at the moment Mina this fall I'm listening to a lot of folk a lot of folk a lot of Joni Mitchell a lot of Neil Young um um Colin Blundstone beautiful highly recommend yeah last fall I was very jazz heavy I had a lot of like Billie Holiday, Ella Fitzgerald, some like Chet Baker thrown in there. Mm. Um, but this fall, I think I'm also, you know, swinging towards folk a little bit. I was like listening to The Shins yesterday. Yeah. Which album? Um, the, the, the one with the, I don't remember what it's called. <laughs> Light Blue? Um, no. 
Um, the one that has Phantom Limb on it. Uh, uh, Wincing the Night Away. Yes. That's cool. But yeah, I also am big folk, like Sibylla Byer we were talking about, Linda Perhax, um, Amy Winehouse even. Always. 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 We always, do it. we always do it for Amy Winehouse. Year-round. We always do. Yeah. My fall playlist is kind of classic indie, I would say, like Fleet Foxes, actually, and like that kind of stuff. But I don't know. Now it's kind of expanding. There's some Lord on it, Word. which is strange. It's not really fall, but Frightened Rabbit, Twin Peaks, The Shins, Mazzy Star, mm-hmm. kind of all <laughs> over the place. Just kind of like very like chill vibes. Vibe check. So we're going to move on a little bit. We're going to switch gears and talk about the, the social elements of it, but also, you know, how you can not only curate your playlist, but, like, curate how they're presented to the world. Mm-hmm. The customization. Um, the customization. Yeah. On Spotify, you can change just about everything in your playlist. You know, beyond the songs, you can choose a cover picture, you can choose a title, you can choose a description. And I don't know, when I'm, like, browsing other people's profiles, it's always interesting to see whether they choose pictures for their playlist. Like, you know, do you judge a playlist by its cover and stuff? Never judge a playlist by its cover. <laughs> yeah, I I think out of all those things, my favorite thing is seeing what people are listening to. I think it's a nice way to, like, get to know someone. I know yeah. that's very odd to say that, but it's something that you can bring up to them and, you know, get their thoughts on, say, hey, I saw you listening to... The new Solange album. What did you think of it? Did you like it better than A Seat at the Table? I don't know. And people love talking about what they know. And if I saw they just listened to something, then it's pretty easy. Also, it gives me new music recs. Yeah, absolutely. Especially if I see someone consistently listening to things that I really, really like. And then there's something newer that they're listening to that I've never heard of. I think I like start to trust them. And I'm like, I'll give it a go. Yeah, definitely. I, I believe you. So do you find yourself listening to other people's playlists or, like, following other people's playlists? I don't listen to their playlists, I would say. I definitely browse them yeah, and, like, see what they have in them. But they would see me listening to it. It's true. But that's nice. It is nice. It is. Spotify does have that private listening mode. Do you ever feel like you need to, like, be secretive about what you're listening to? I would say no. I think we should be proud of whatever we're listening to it's not necessarily that i'm proud <laughs> yeah maybe it's not about pride <laughs> I, don't, I don't i don't think i'm embarrassed to listen to something that's mm-hmm. like unconventional i don't know because i think you know we're at a time where like anything goes you know you can be a straight white male and listen to carly ray jepson and we're not going to be mad at you we're gonna you know embrace that Absolutely. and most people only have like between I don't know 20 and 80 followers on Spotify like not that many people are watching you that might be watching you on other social media platforms so I feel like there's just it's kind of like a self-generated anxiety and I think if and when I follow somebody on Spotify we're probably like pretty good friends yeah. you know? and if you check that and look at that then it's probably somebody who like is with is with it you know who yeah. like likes music to the same degree that I think that we all do, that we can, you know, we can embrace each other and we can talk about it and, like, celebrate it instead of be like, oh, I'm afraid if someone's going to see me listening to, I don't know. 
Though in a similar vein, Spotify also customizes things for us. That they think we would like. Yeah, and I don't know. That's a little strange to me sometimes, especially when I don't like it. I'm like, you don't even know me at all. You don't know me. Yeah, it's like the Discover Weeklies are the most interesting ones, I think, because like the daily mixes, those are based on what's in your library already. That's based on what you're listening to regularly. But Discover Weekly, it's usually all brand new stuff, to me at least. And sometimes I'm like, this is weird. Where did this even come from? But sometimes I'm like, oh, this checks out. And so it's, I don't know, I was, I noticed that like one in every four of my Discover Weeklies are like consistently good. That's so weird. Yeah. I feel like mine are never good. Yeah. I haven't, I don't really look at them that much just Mm -hmm. because I've been disappointed with them so often. And Mm -hmm. I think that, I don't know, I can, I, I'm, I spend a lot of time searching music and trying to find new music that other ways are better than that. Do you use the daily mixes at all? Not really. I, I rely on those when I'm feeling lazy and I don't want to like huh. seek something out. I'm just like, all right, it's got stuff that I know and it has a few thing like new things thrown in there. So it it's just like kind of a nice way to ease myself mm-hmm. into new things. True. And Spotify also has like many other ways to discover music. Absolutely. I, I guess for example, I was thinking of artist playlists. Mm-hmm. This is like one of my favorite things because it's so interesting to see, like, the people that you would really admire, like, what inspired their album, you know, what they like at the moment. Yeah, a lot of them have, like, green room playlists that they post, or just, like, what they're listening to on the road or whatever, yeah. and I love looking at those. Yeah. Like, Japanese Breakfast has a really good playlist. Porches has a really good one, and Jeff Rosenstock has a, like, really amazing one. And, I don't know, makes them feel like a real person, you know, mm-hmm. not somebody that's just like, oh, they're famous, and right. they're really cool. They it's only like, listen to their own music. Yeah, like, no, of course like, not. They're, they like what I like, and yeah. they appreciate music the way that I appreciate music, and it's really exciting. So, I want to talk a little bit about some precautionary uh, details of listening to playlists. I think that playlists are pretty easy. They cause us not to really, like, go through the process of craving songs and, like, seeking songs that speak to us when we're walking around or, like, in class in a non-music environment and when something, like, strikes us and then we go and choose to put that on. That's a sensation that, like, we don't have as much if we have so many playlists to choose from. When we don't have a curated set of songs to reinforce a desired mood, it just forces us to be mindful and reflect inwardly about what we really need or want to hear in that present moment, which is something that I admire and I I like doing. I did an experiment over the summer where I deleted all of my Spotify playlists for a week to see what would happen when that crutch would be pulled out from beneath me. And I found myself listening to less music to fill the time. And when I did put on music, it was done in a more intentional way. And I would play through an album, not on shuffle, and just kind of wallow in that theme and sentiment of that album for 40 or so minutes. It felt good. I, I really liked it. Um, and there's a lack of like structure and boundary to playlists, which can be liberating for some and perhaps scattering for others. And it might have to do with sensitivity to sound or sensitivity to just general vibes that like music can cause. Vibe check. 
I think that it's odd when we have a platform to squish like Neil Young and Sufjan Stevens and the Fleet Foxes into a single playlist. They all come from very different parts of the world and periods in time. And one is like true folk, one's experimental folk, one is pop folk. Um, And I think that there could be a level of integrity that we owe to musicians um, that we sacrifice in making playlists. Like, would it upset Joni Mitchell to see that she's been grouped with Ariana Grande during a listening experience? Uh, no. <laughs> it has to do with the high caliber and low caliber thing. And I think there's a lot to say what is lost and gained in, like, categorizing songs into playlists. But I recognize that it's like taking a spice from each bottle in the spice cabinet and making a stew. The stew doesn't showcase each flavor, but the flavors can complement one another. I do have a few playlists, but only a few. Those are my pending thoughts on, you know. <laughs> and what kind of playlists do you have? The playlists that I have are pretty much, well, I've deleted all the ones that like hold on to memories from a long, long time ago, honestly. I, I kind of like erased that scrapbook. I don't really know why. I'm, it's maybe because I want to force myself to have other means of like recording my history and like progression in general, but my playlists are pretty much uh, restricted to genre and, and sentiment, but I only have a few. It's interesting because I'm a person that has, <clears throat> I've got about 160 playlists Whoa. on Spotify. Oh my shit. I'm kind of a hoarder of playlists. I don't delete any of them. I just like put them in folders and file them away. I would just, I can't. I'm like, what if I like lose memories? Like, because even if I don't listen to songs anymore, I still want to remember that at one point I did really like a song yeah. and it did have a big meaning to me and I don't want to forget about it because again, back to the big expanse of music and I feel like it could just get lost in the void. Yeah. I do delete mine. One time, ta- sometimes they're bad, yeah. so I delete them. To be them. fair, <laughs> some of mine have like two songs on them because I like, yeah. I, I'm like, this has potential, but like, I can't find any more that fit in with the theme of those two songs. So, yeah. I'm also somebody who gets anxiety from unfinished projects. So if I have like a playlist with like five songs on it I that captures it. a beautiful specific day or moment, yeah. I delete it. Same couldn't be me (laughs) no I don't like unfinished stuff either like when I start a Spotify playlist I like try to finish it like while I'm sitting there how do we know when a Spotify playlist is finished mine are never I like always add stuff to playlists even stuff from like 2018 I'm just like I have a playlist that's names that we talked about and like oh there's a new song that came out that has a name in it that I really like we invited one of my friends on to the episode the, this past week to talk with us a little bit about her um, experiences with playlists. And she was saying something that I found very interesting about how a playlist provides us the opportunity to make our own albums, take songs from different parts of you know um, a genre or a music realm and, and curate them into our own album in our own order, which I thought was really admirable. It, it personalizes music that's that artists are creating for us to relate to, to feel. Yeah. And I don't, and like your first point was that we don't need to go through as much of an effort to create and seek songs that speak to us. And I don't know. I disagree. I, I don't think it's like that much of an effort to find songs that way but you know when they do speak to me I want to remember that and I want to put them with songs 
that also really speak to me and put them all together so I can have this very, very intense listening experience if I have one playlist that's just all extremely personal songs that I, you know, cherish and love. And I think that, you know, yeah, if I'm sad, I might listen to it because I want to feel it more. But, you know, that's just personal. Yeah, that's just like a, oh, if you're sad, you listen to sad music. That's like a whole thing, right? Some people don't want that and they want to listen to, you know, songs that might, you know, make them feel better. I like to really, you know, like... Get in there, get in salt the wound. And you said that they like, you know, it makes us mindful. But I think that listening to really, in, like impactful music when we are sad can help us because it can you know explain maybe why you're sad or it'll like bring up a thought that you're not thinking of that's like oh I'm feeling this way and then a song is like really speaking to you at that moment that's related to how you feel and it might help you come to a conclusion and make you feel better so I think that's an excellent point like putting something on and not having to pick up your phone or like go on your computer and then choose what's next just like setting a playlist on like we would a record on a record player and letting it go through so that we can just like wallow and like fall into the listening experience instead of keep you know picking our phone up like it's a notification like oh the song's ending oh the song's ending Mm -hmm. yeah I I totally respect that Mm -hmm. and like I totally agree that like you know I love listening to an album like straight through I think that's You know, it's how you get the whole idea of the craft. You know, you understand what the artist was trying to say if you listen to, you know, all the way through. And sure, um, there's definitely like 50% of the time that's what I do. I pick an album for whatever moment I'm at and I'm like, all right. But like, like in reality, I don't always have like 40 minutes to just straight listen to something, you know. Mm Like, I'll be doing homework or I'll be walking to class. But, you know, if I have a good 10 minutes and I can pick out three-ish songs for that time period, I'm like, all right, this works. I think it's really fascinating how a platform like Spotify can result in so many diverse and personal experiences um, that people are having with music and with albums and with discovering new sounds and opening new soundscapes. Um, I think that's really beautiful. And, and maybe technology isn't as bad as I personally feel it is sometimes. And I also think there's one thing we overlooked and it's sharing these playlists. Yeah, Um, absolutely. You know, like sure. We're talking about this personal experience about, you know, making a playlist curated for us. But, you know, you can also make them for other people. Oh, yeah. I've, I've sent many a playlist to many a crush. And I oh, think, for sure. I think it's like, you know, it's the evolution of the mixtape mm-hmm. that you make for someone. You know, it's, yeah, I think that's really special. Yeah. And it's, you know, instead of giving someone a record, which, you know, like, that's could cost a lot of money. <laughs> I can, you know, I can personally pick out songs that I think, you know, you would like. Mm-hmm. And you can listen to it forever. Or songs that I can... I like that I want you to like. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I can see you listening to it mm-hmm. and then feel really good about it. No. <laughs> it's a little creepy, but like it's true. You're right. We appreciate the platform of Spotify very much, very much here. But we you know, we keep in mind that there clearly are some issues with it. Or just yeah. some things to be, you know cognizant of. That's exactly what I was going for. You're s- that's what I'm here for. Right here. 50 cent word girl. Yeah, right. <laughs> Let's keep being cognizant, folks. What do you Amen. say? <laughs> I'm down. I'm super down. I'm falling in a
listening to this episode of Arts Interrupted. This episode has been brought to you by our executive producer, Sam Small, producers Mina Kambash and Emily Ohl, audio engineer Ryan Cox, <laughs> and our music is by Brad Gerwin. Special thanks to Hannah Gronicky for contributing to this episode. And we would like to welcome somebody who sat in on today's recording session, Will Peterson, who we are introducing to Pod. You will hear more from him soon. Make sure to follow our Spotify's to check out our sick playlists. Winky face. Oh. <laughs> That's all for today. We'll talk to you next time. <laughs>